The authors of a recently released report on disadvantages faced by Pacific women in accessing retirement fund benefits are calling for reforms. The report by the Pacific Private Sector Development Initiative outlines how institutional arrangements can disadvantage women's entitlement to retirement benefits. Kuroi Hawkins spoke with an initiative specialist on the economic empowerment of women, Sarah Boxall, about the findings of the report, which is entitled A Secure Retirement, Leveling the Playing Field for Women in the Pacific. So, I mean, some of what we see is typical, I guess, to superannuation and women's retirement across the globe, but we do see some particular trends in the Pacific. So we know that women are less likely to be in formal employment um, and therefore less likely to be members of retirement funds. And even when they are members of retirement funds, they're often earning lower wages or they're not able to access retirement funds because of their employment status. And so what we see is that women in the Pacific are less likely to be members, have lower balances, and also they live longer than men. So what we're seeing then is that they're actually at risk of being quite financially insecure when they're older. In, um, I can't speak for other Pacific contexts, but is there an issue with employers honouring superannuation in the Pacific and and being honest about not just the, the normal payments, but also incentives for women to save? So there's a few, there's a sort of few elements to that. So one is um, actually what is in the retirement fund acts in countries is quite different. So in some cases, what you see in the act is actually exemptions for employers to pay contributions. And sometimes that's about the size of the company. And sometimes that's about particular sectors. So that's the first way in which you can see employers not paying contributions. There is also an issue with non-compliance that does come out in the study that you tend to see people in smaller organizations, family-run businesses, you know, there are often complaints that they are less likely to pay those sort of contributions. And it's also quite challenging, I think, for governments and retirement funds to actually monitor that and to ensure that there is compliance. In terms of um, sometimes people do get to the time when they can access these funds and retire, but is it is uh have is there been any research on how that money is then used for long term security? Like, I'm just aware that there've been people that just get out all this money and they just spend it on all sorts of things and it's gone like within within a very short period of time and for very little substance in terms of long term security financially. So the majority of cases, what happens is that there's sort of a lump sum payment at the end. So when you retire, you're able to access your full retirement fund benefit. And so obviously then how people choose to spend that, you know, can be anything from, as you say, spending it all in one go or, you know, making different plans. So one of the things we look at in the report specifically as it relates to women as well, is how are funds supporting people to have better financial literacy and better planning for retirement? And we note that, you know, one of the challenges faced by women, particularly in retirement funds, is a generally lower level of financial literacy and awareness of what their rights are and what the opportunities are. So we do see that, you know, it it can be that People then might spend the money and they might not have anything left. But that's sort of a broader issue, I guess, around financial literacy and planning in the Pacific. But it does have a specific impact in this case. What's the next step with this? What are you doing with this information now? And and how is that being implemented across the region to help women? 
So we've been working very closely with the Pacific Islands Investment Forum, which is the regional body that um, has members of all the retirement funds. And they've been really interested in this work. Um, we recently presented the study findings at their annual CEO forum in New Zealand, and they committed to setting up a women in super group. So this group will have representatives from the various members and they will be looking at some of the recommendations for reform. And so this group will then take forward this working with the members to consider what the reforms suggest and what they might take forward. And some of the areas that are gonna be looking at is some things around uh, sex disaggregated data. So a lot of the funds have data on their members. Some of them have really great data that they publish that looks at this by men and women, different age groups, different balances, and it allow allows them to have a better sense of who their members are, what their balances are and what they might do to respond to that. Other areas that we're looking at initially are things around outreach. So how are you communicating to a broader range of people and potential members of your funds about you know, how they can access it? And the third one is around the informal economy. So a lot of people in the Pacific are not formally employed. They don't have employer contributions, but nonetheless, they should be able to save for their retirement. A lot of the funds have already allowed voluntary contributions. There's some really great examples of funds really focusing on this in the region. And so we're looking at what currently exists in terms of access and outreach to informal people in the informal economy and how you can bring them into the retirement funds to help them prepare for their retirement. Coming back to the, the findings of the report, what would be the top three things that, that you'd like to see implemented from your recommendations in the next say, five to 10 years? I think the issue of um, access for people in the informal economy is a really significant one. So that, like I said, that would need to be looking at the acts and the regulations to facilitate that. And that would need to also be partnerships with sort of the funds themselves, but also that outreach to bring them in. Another area that we touch on in the report, which, which would warrant some further attention, is around access to benefits, um, deceased benefits. So what we see is a lot of the regulation isn't clear on things like the rights of divorced women to access their funds, de facto relationships and same-sex relationships. That could be further clarified so that in the instance of, you know, a member passing on, there is, you know, it's much clearer um, who can benefit and access those retirement funds. And I think a third thing we'd really like to see is the funds themselves and some of their internal policies. So how are they looking at um, do they have women in their own leadership? You know, how are they represented within the industry that they're working in? And what can they do then within their policies and practices to make sure that they're setting up women-friendly products and services and really servicing that part of the market, which potentially is not yet fully developed? Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Um, appreciate this and um, all the best with the ongoing work. Thank you very much. Thanks for your time today.